What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Pixel Splitters, the conversation podcast where us two guys talk about film, TV, film and TV, video tech, camera tech, camera tech, sound tech. I don't know. Maybe we hit some sound stuff, special effects. I don't know. Everything and anything that we want to talk about. Um, And I think, uh, no spoilers, but we're going to push that a little bit today. A little bit. as always, I'm your host, along with my good man here. Uh, my name is Willis. And my name is Josh. And, yeah, how you doing, Josh? I'm doing very hot, because it's very hot again. But I'm, again, doing, I'm yes. doing well, other than that. How are you doing? It's it's hot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, this. I say this will be a lot nicer when it's like the middle of winter or something like that, but then we'll just be like cold and not able to have like the heaters on. Yep, and we'll be shivering, and yeah. it'll actually probably be worse for you guys, uh, like in terms of audio. <laughs> but yes. you know, <laughs> because we'll be cold and trying to get it done as fast as possible. Exactly. Um, not that we aren't trying to get it done as fast as yeah. possible. <laughs> anyway, uh, after that brief stint on the weather, we're going to bring it back. Let's see what we're going to talk about today. Um, so we're going to start, I think, for the first time uh, with some video tech news. Yeah, uh, and the fact that the FAA has released new regulations for hobbyist drone operators, uh, mm. so recreational drones and things like that, there's a whole set of new rules uh, to be followed if you just like playing around with drones. Um, yeah, we're gonna follow that up by talking about um, the sheer number of podcasts that are coming out that are hosted by famous actors you know, there's a lot of different ones i think uh armchair export with dax shepherd is is kind of the um it's like the, the shining ex- it's like the shining yeah. example of what it it can be yeah that was i think the actual phrase i was looking for there so yeah. good on you <laughs> uh and like what that means and like i don't know what it means for the podcast industry to a degree and and the talk show us, industry to be honest for sure that's actually a really Good point. Hang on to that one for a few minutes. Oh, I will. Um, we're gonna we're gonna push the limits of our, our podcast uh, topics here, and we're gonna talk about photography for a little bit, um, and more specifically photography and compositing and uh, post editing and things like that, and uh, what that means and if that's real photography and the sort of argument between purists and uh, post hogs. Um, and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Uh, and then uh, the we're going to wrap it up. The The new trailer for Shang-Chi has dropped, uh, and we're probably going to MCU nerd out for a little bit on that, but it's yes. always a lot of fun to do that. So uh, we'll save it so. for last, and you can uh, nerd out with us. Yes, please do. So, yeah, so that's what we got coming. Um, let's uh, Let's get into it. Yes. So drones. I'm going to I'm going to let you start this one Josh. Uh I don't you know sure. what's your opinion on drones cuz I'm going to talk a lot about this. Sure. Uh drones especially for people like you and me, we do a lot of video work uh and we're just into cinema in general. Drones have made 
the impossible become possible for a lot of people. Uh, you used to have to essentially rent a helicopter to get a lot of these shots that now any average person can just go out, spend a couple hundred bucks and do. So I've been a huge fan of what's been happening over the past like 10 or so years with these drones, making them smaller, more affordable, easier to use. Um, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of what's been going on. Uh, for both in terms of like my professional use as well as personal use. It's just something that's really, really cool. But they have had, or, or not drones in general, but the FAA, which is the the Federal Aviation Administration, they make all the rules for uh, pilots, flights, all that type of stuff. They obviously have to keep the airways relatively safe for, you know, airplanes and stuff like that. So they've had their fair share of issues when it comes to figuring out what the hell to do with drones and drone pilots and what, what they're yeah. supposed to be regulating it with. Um, so what, what about you in terms of like the drone landscape and cause I know you now own a drone yourself. So I do. Yes. And it was, uh, it was quite the event for me to buy that. Um, yeah. but, uh, so I have a, I have a very mixed history with drones. Um, I, was working uh, for a company when they first started hitting like the industry and I was like, Oh look, you can like fly around, you know, with DJI and like the, uh, the original phantoms and things like that. And the regulations for the past 10 years or so, ouch, uh, have been chaos. You know what I mean? And they're starting to get to a clear point. Like there are very set rules for commercial drone work now and all that kind of stuff. But this past week, and this is the story we're sort of dealing with here, uh, the FAA released this thing called trust regulations, um, which is basically a standardized set of rules for recreational drone pilots. So recreational meaning like you don't aren't doing anything kind of commercial, you're not selling this stuff, you know, there's no real like money to be made out of it it's just like hey i really like flying drones i want to like fly drones with my family um or of my around my family i don't know yeah <laughs> uh, recreational i guess everyone yeah. knows what recreational means flying what recreational fun. means yeah um so yeah basically like you just have to get like a, a license uh through this trust uh thing here um that says you've passed, that you've understood these rules. It's basically, it's kind of like getting a driver's license, um, kind of, I guess, like more like a pilot's license, but not quite as uh, in-depth. In, yeah, or in um, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so this is really interesting, and I find the timing of this really interesting because this podcast is coming out uh, a few days now before the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. Um the 4th of July in a post COVID world. So like, well, I don't want to say post COVID, but like, you know what I mean? A true, true lightning COVID world. Um, yes. So I think this is directed towards a lot of those people that are like, Hey, yeah, I'm going to bring my drone and I'm, I'm one of these people. I, Hey, I'm going to bring my drone, you know, to go hang out with my family and like get pictures, you know, out on the lake or at the beach or wherever you're going for your 4th of July at the barbecue, you know? Um, so, the thing that worries me is traditionally when the FAA has released some kind of new 
regulation, um, be it commercial drones or like a, you know, the part 107. I don't want to get too deep into regulation here because like that's a super boring podcast. <laughs> um, but traditionally, when they've released some kind of new thing, there's been a crackdown on people who were doing that before and there was no regulation. So they're like, whatever. Um, you know, I know. Uh, when the commercial licensing thing first passed, there was a um, a real estate company that did drone shots of like buildings and things like that, of like skyscraper kind of buildings. Um, skys- like I'm talking like five, ten stories kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and they got, I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but they got hit with a huge, huge, massive fine mm. for illegally flying drones. Um, was that because a retroactive like, fine? Like they're like, we're fining you for the stuff you've been doing? No, but they were like, hey, your entire company is based around a process which is like now like quote unquote illegal. Mm, gotcha. Um, and you don't have proper licensing. And, da, 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 and it kind of like, hey, like actually people are enforcing this. You guys can't just like be like, Psh, whatever, you know, part 107, who gives you what that is, you know? Right, right. Um, so... Like, there's a bit of me that's worried that, like, over this next holiday weekend, we're going to see quite a few people or quite a few police departments being like, oh, look, there's, like, annoying drones flying through all of these fireworks or whatever like that. And it's not so much that you can just say, oh, yeah, I'm just doing this for fun. I'm doing it recreationally because that requires a license now. Right. Um. So I don't know. I I find the timing on this very interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens over the weekend. I don't know. Um, what are your thoughts, Josh? Yeah, I, I mean, talk about drone regulation for hours, <laughs> which is exactly why we're here. Um, I mean, it's interesting because they they had ad- they'd already added the remote ID, which was I think earlier mm-hmm. this year for all drones. Which was basically just like a like a tag for the, like a an electronic tag on the drone that shows you who it's licensed to and who owns it and who's flying it type of thing, yeah. um, which I think is a good idea because this is unknown territory. People are obviously going to abuse whatever. I'm sure there's a ton of people who aren't going or they're going to be using it for work or or just you know fun stuff. But there's going to be people who use it for you know, not the right reason. So I totally understand why these regulations have to be in place because people love to bend the rules and break the rules. And when there are no yeah. rules, people just do whatever they want to. Um, but you're right. This The timing of this, I think they were prepared because they just released a couple new drones, mm-hmm. like the the um, the Air 2S, I think, that was just, mm-hmm. just released, which, again, is one of the smallest drones they've ever made, which will also... Uh, DJI has been i don't know if they've been having like a disagreement with the faa but they every time the faa creates a new regulation dji just makes a new drone that just isn't part of that yeah regulation which is is hilarious and it's just like you know that's obviously what they're gonna do um but does this now apply to every single drone regardless of size and weight like this is just no okay Okay. So this is it's and this is the interesting thing is it applies to drones that are less than half a pound. No, I'm sorry, more than half a pound in weight. Mm. Okay. Which like some of those smaller DJI drones including mine it doesn't really apply to. Right. 
You know what I mean? Um, that being, it's like, a, but that being said, I'm like, I don't want to like be out there shooting or something and get caught without it and then have to get into a whole altercation and be arguing like, no, it's only 149 grams. No, it's this way. But you know, yeah, like get the it, scale, like, throw it on there. It's under yeah. the weight. Yeah, yeah. Um. So. I don't know. Like, it's one of those things, especially when it comes to, like, aviation and things like that in this time where, like, they're going to be looking for people to make, like, an example out of. Totally. Like, let's not let's not bend the rules, guys. Um, yeah. Like, so the other thing I want to say is, like, as a, a, a drone owner, um, and I say that as one that has one of the smaller ones, but um, I, like, went and did started doing the tests to get like license and things like that and it's super easy yeah it's like and i say that being a person who knew a lot of these regulations already because i had to deal with them in the past but like it's things like like how high can you fly how uh what's the difference in airspace between here and there like are you allowed to fly near airports like kind of stuff that like and it goes through it and you pass so like it's not an overly complicated thing to pass. Um, right. I haven't finished it yet. I'll be interested to see how long it takes for them to be like, here's your license. They say 30 minutes. That's what I read. And they're like, it oh, should yeah? take about half an hour, like give or take. But... To do it or to like receive it afterwards? Oh, I actually, oh, oh, to, to, to actually get your, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure about that. To do the that, whole I don't know. I mean, it might I be instantaneous. Like, yeah. Like, it might be like print this up and keep it with you, um, which yep. is what I'd bet now that I'm saying it out loud. But it's got to be. But yeah. So I don't know. I like. I think this is a regulation that's like needed because mm -hmm. there is a lot of danger that can come from flying drones. Like, God, yeah. You know, I can't fly a drone at my house because I live less than half a mile from an airport. So. Yeah, like in a, a tiny airport. You know, I'm not next to LaGuardia or anything like that or right. Logan. Um, but yeah, like I don't want to like be flying a drone in my backyard and have a small single prop plane go by a little low and you know cause a suck it something suck it terrible. up. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's worth if you're going to be flying drones this weekend. It's worth taking a look at. I I don't know. I guess this is just my PSA at this point, but um. Yeah, and it's just interesting because it's funny because this is a real time. Like usually, there's not something that comes around that's completely like like earth shattering for an entire. In like they've mm -hmm. had to every time DJI puts out a drone, they have to update the regulations. That doesn't yeah. happen all that often. Like this is a completely different type of thing. New territory. Drones are its own category of of thing. It's yeah. not just like oh, it's a camera. You can do stuff with it, or it's just like a you know a little flying you know uh, remote controlled plane. It's a it's a completely different thing. So it's been yeah. interesting to see this happen in real time. Like they've had to deal with all these. Both the company of DJI and the FAA have had to both deal with this stuff in real time, and you watch them kind of go back and forth on it. So it's and just they've come it's a long interesting. Way. They have. They've yeah. come a long way. Yeah. I remember the original like Phantoms and like the Phantom 2s and 3s and things like that had like no kind of like restriction or anything like no. that. You know, you could fly that thing like, you know, down a runway if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like the one that I have now, I have the the Mini 2. Um, like 
it has an app that's geosynced and it won't even let me take off in my backyard because it says, hey, you're in a restricted airspace. If you want to fly here, contact these places and get like uh, a pass from the FAA and like enter it here and like all this kind of stuff. I'm like, I'm not going to do that to just like go up and down in my backyard. But like, sure. So um, we will drop a link in the in the show notes of like, hey, here's where the regulation is. So if you are a drone owner that's going to be flying this weekend, like it's going to take. Yeah, it's going to take you like. 20 30 minutes to to run through the whole thing yeah um should it should be worth it you know um if you want to fly your drone and not get arrested for it yeah yeah <laughs> or yeah. fined heavily um <laughs> yeah so i don't Wait, know did it it's cost you anything no no it's free it's oh, all completely of it's free. free cool mm-hmm. cool absolutely yeah because that's like because even if it was like five dollars be like fuck that i know you it's know like, what i mean I, just, like, yeah. I just spent four hundred dollars on the drone itself like <laughs> yeah now you gotta yeah, yeah. so um so yeah I mean that's that's cool general rules of thumb I feel like I want to just put out there like it's gotta fly below 400 feet can't fly in restricted airspace uh those are the two major ones I don't know I thought my list would be bigger there but that's fine um, read the show notes can't fly read over reg- people yeah you know things like that but ones that should be obvious to you you know yeah, yeah. but um you know it it yeah, it's they're figuring this stuff out the same the same way that we are, like in real time. Everyone's just going through this because it's a yeah. completely, it's a changing well, not, land. Not so much in real time, but in in government time. In government time, yes, yes, about as real time as they can possibly get over there with the bureaucracy and whatnot. Yes, um, but it's a it's a changing landscape of of how things are, and we're only going to see more of this stuff as more interesting uh, pieces of tech start coming out of the woodwork for commercial use. It's just inevitable. People have yeah. to f- learn how to, um, you know, operate this stuff safely and in, in a way that is not opening yourself up to crazy amounts of liability, you know? <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Speaking of things that exist in a changing landscape, let's at, get, uh, let's get kind that. of meta over here. Uh, and start talking about podcasts. Oh my god, that was aw- that was. Pr- I didn't even yeah. set you up for that. Oh my god! Boom. Let's go. Uh, so, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, I can only assume you're a fan of podcasts, or maybe you're just good friends of us, and we appreciate that. But or every or or my mother or your mother, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah. Everyone has a podcast at this point, and. Actors, filmmakers, anyone in that industry are definitely no stranger to this type of thing. And so we've seen over the past two years, or actually kind of three years at this point, a lot of uh, celebrities, actors, filmmakers starting to create their own you know, podcasting shows. Some of them have very specific uh, topics in mind that they want to cover, but some of them are just straight up interviews or interview yeah. style talk shows. Um, and for a long time... I was kind of annoyed by that fact. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you felt about it because whenever I see a new, I'm like, oh my god, someone else has a podcast. Oh my yeah. god, this is kind of getting exhausting. I don't know how you felt about that. I mean, if you want to talk about a market that's become wildly oversaturated in like a minute amount of time, it's the podcasting world. I mean, there were. I mean, I I don't know numbers, but like, you know, like five years ago, like podcast, you know, you're talking, well, five, okay. Yeah. 2016. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like people were like, oh yeah, like podcasting, that's like starting to be 
like a thing, right? Like yeah. Joe Rogan has one and like yeah. yeah, and then we're like the major and now it's like literally everyone. Yeah. Like literally everyone. Um I have a handful of different friends that have their own that like I listen to like it's you know like I will I'll put it this way. My uh my podcast app used to have like 5 or 6 and now I think I'm around like 25 or 30 and I'm like I don't listen to all of them nearly as much as I want to, but sure, <laughs> it's just how it is now. But that's like, what happens when something gets oversaturated. Yeah. So let's talk specifically, like in terms of like actors having them, and I, I guess we don't have to contain this m- to actors specifically, but I feel like that's mostly what we're we're sort of talking about here. Yeah. Where? How do you feel about? them are there ones i i I mean i suppose we could specifically call out ones here are there ones you love ones that you listen to religiously ones you can't stand like you know yeah um i mean there's so it's it's been interesting because it took me a long time to come around to the idea that everyone just has their own thing now and that we can Mm -hmm. definitely call out some of the good ones uh and yeah let's just definitely talk about actors for this point because they do something really interesting which a lot of them are just doing kind of one-on-one sessions with other people interview style Mm -hmm. that you know you've kind of seen before on talk shows or on specific interviews but the one thing that i've really enjoyed is you get a level of comfortability and a level of uh like this personal feeling that you get with these interviews because they're more or less friends talking to each other versus, you know, someone on the red carpet asking you questions about the movie you're in or a talk show host asking you the same 10 questions, you know, every, you know, every, uh, yeah. Like a press junket that's here's the same questions over and over again. Yeah, exactly. Whereas these I'm finding you're getting, into the meat of a lot of these things that you're not going to hear on those talk shows, even ones like Howard Stern, where they do get into stuff. These are, and uh, let's just start by running through a couple of the good ones. So I think we already mentioned, I think you mentioned at the top Dax Shepard's armchair expert. That was the first one I had ever come across in this. I think that was one of the first, I think his kind of pioneered this format. Yeah. I think a lot of the major actor based ones, here are sort of offshoots of that format for sure right you know um but yeah i mean his armchair expert is is kind of the the gold standard for this kind of stuff and like i mean dax shepherd is an excellent interviewer you know in his own right and talks to a lot of non-friends of like talks to a lot of like actual experts in things you know like things like um I don't have anything off the top of my head. Well, he like, talks to a lot of scientists and doctors, yeah. and uh, he's had web developers on historians, historians, yeah. um, politicians. But he didn't start there. Like he started with well, his first one was Kristen Bell, and then Ashton was Kutcher it, was his wife. Yeah, and so all the people he was really familiar with right off the bat. Absolutely, um, I think Will Arnett was in there, like a bunch mm-hmm. of ones who he was very close to. So it took him a bit. It took him like a couple hundred episodes to get into the realm of like, okay, let me start oh, getting sure. these other people on here. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that kind of comfort with like a group of notable names is really the big selling point with a lot of these. Like I listen to Armchair whenever I like drive somewhere that's far away, you know. Yeah. Um, if I'm like going up to New Hampshire or something for the weekend, I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna just pop on an Armchair because they're long to begin with, which length is another thing we can talk about here. But yes, um, and you know it's gonna be good. 
Yeah. And <laughs> and whenever I do, I end up like I'm not just like, oh, let me play the most recent one. I look at all of them and then like scroll for one that I haven't listened to. That's somebody that I'm like, I recognize and I have an interest in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's kind of the big thing is like it's kind of catered to like your personal taste to a degree. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and the the fact that now we have this oversaturation of podcasts means you get an interview with every person mm-hmm. that you ever want to hear an interview with. And not just an interview, like a like a personal one-on-one conversation that you would never get otherwise. Yeah. Like like just uh, like uh so smart list that I've shouted out before with Will Arnett, mm-hmm. Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes. Uh that was I found that like maybe a month ago or something. Um yeah. same thing. Like it's it's a very different podcast than Dak Shepard's podcast. Mm-hmm. But in the same vein of they get people like Ron Howard and people that they know really well and it's yeah. this this conversation between people who are friends and that's a very different conversation than you get when like i said you're on a talk show you yeah. you've almost got a prepared statement of what you want to say versus this is like no they're going through personal stories like remember that time we did this or remember yeah. that movie well, and you were on two, there's two like things that you touched on there that I, like so like when you're working on like a you know if you're going on the tonight show or late night or something like that like there's a prepared script for that, but also it's like, it's broadcast TV. You can't go off book and like suddenly say, let me tell you about the fucking time I fucking (laughs) beat this shit. I don't have a good thing. Or I did Coke with whoever, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or let me tell you how shitty of a person that, you know, um, Yes. you can't do that kind of stuff because there's regulation, there's censors, Censors, there's et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So like there's a, I think a freedom to podcasts, which is why it's so popular but also the other thing like i was saying earlier is like these can go on as long as they need to yeah like you know nobody gives a shit if armchair expert goes two hours or two and a half hours or three hours like i'm sitting for the ride into it yeah you're you're gonna say and you can pause it and pick it up later you know you don't have to fit everything you want in the interview in eight minute segments that is a great point yeah so like that's the kind of thing that's like and like I think we felt this. We tend to try and keep these around an hour. Um, often we fail, but there's kind of things <laughs> that are like, well, maybe we shouldn't keep talking about this because we'll just get in a loop and things like that. And I'm sure these actual conversations on like these higher end podcasts, you know, go on longer. I'm sure there's bits that are edited out and things like that. But like, totally, you know, who gives a shit if it goes longer? Absolutely. That's the the nature of the format. Very much so. Um, I mean, like I listened to this podcast called The Nine Club, which is just about skateboarding. It's a skate pro skateboarder who interviews other pro skateboarders. And it's just like there's an episode on there that's five hours. And it's yeah. one of the best episodes because it's with a legendary skateboarder that's just like you would listen to him for five hours. So that f- I didn't even think about that fact. That it's like on the radio, you're, you're stuck. You, you either have to never tune out or you yeah. miss the interview. That's it. Yeah. Like, you don't have another option. Like, there's no, like, hit record and listen to it later. It's like, no, that's yeah. it. Whereas now Re- it's like... Record it onto a cassette. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, But you're so right. Like, now it's, it's like, these super long-form types of media are, are actually, like, 
ingestible. Like you can actually get through that because you yeah. you, ha- you can obviously I didn't listen to five hours of a podcast in one go. That's just who has that much time. I mean, but also <laughs> I like I. It's not unheard of. I know my wife listens to a lot of true crime podcasts, and you know she'll wake up on like a Sunday or something and put her headphones in and like true. You know, go about her day and just be listening to true crime podcasts all day long. Like, why not? Like, you know, if you're doing something that doesn't require your full attention. And I did it the other day. I I painted my front door the other day and I had Smartless on and I listened to like four episodes and I was like, you know, all right. Wow. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh shit. I've gone through a a decent part of their (laughs) back catalog at this point. I know that's the Um, thing that sucks. (laughs) I will say the other thing I want to touch on with this is that like these podcasts that are just like starting out as actors talking to their friends are also carrying a a heavy sense of legitimacy to them. Yeah. You know, Smartless there uh, interviewed Kamala Harris. Yeah. Um, I think Dax Shepard there interviewed Bill Gates. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it, there's nothing that's like these podcasts aren't in a, in a place where it's like, Oh yeah. It's like not real news media, you know? And they always go, these these people always go on there with like something that they want to plug. It's the same mentality as when you go on like the Tonight Show or something like that. Like, yeah. So let's as we wrap it out here, let's like talk about your new movie. You know, right? Like, let's do like one little like thing here. Uh, I listened to the uh, the Seth Rogen Smart List the other day, and at the end they're like, yeah, let's talk about the whatever that pickle movie he just did. Yeah, American Pickle, and they probably American talked Pickle. about okay. his his yearbook, his his novel that he wrote too. Yeah, yeah. So it's like there's always like there's still like a benefit for these people to go on this podcast, but like, but that's not why. Yeah, but it's like there, it's still just there to chat. Yeah, yeah. So I I'm super on board with it. I will say, not all of them are a hit. No. Um. I guess I I have one in particular that I listened to a few of and I was like, eh, but I I guess I won't shade. Uh, you can't. Podcast, I was but. gonna say that the one that didn't grab me a hundred percent was Topher mm-hmm. Grace's podcast. I don't know what yeah. it was about it, but it just for some reason it just didn't grip me. Maybe I didn't give enough a, of a chance, but fair. That was okay, the one. The, the one I had was Rob Lowe's podcast. Uh, literally, uh. um, I listened to the first one and it it was just like. I think Chris Pratt was his first guest and it was just like mm. the two of them sitting there chatting as though they were just sitting in a room chatting, uh, you know? So it's mm. like, it didn't, it didn't have a great structure to it or anything, but right. Um, again, maybe I just didn't give it, you know, that was also his first episode. So like, God help us if you judge this podcast off of our first episode. True. So. Good God. Yeah. And maybe even I like owe him another one, even on um, Dax's first episode, like he he even talks about it, and I definitely hear it if you listen to it. It's like he definitely like talks mm-hmm. over them a little bit and is interrupt. Like everyone finds their groove, so maybe Rob Lowe, you know. But yeah. there has to be a, there's got to be a structure there. Like it can just be a conversation, but even so, like Justin Long's Life Is Short podcast, I just found that recently incredible. Mm-hmm. And Justin is just a really down to earth, like very good interviewer. Um, mm-hmm. But there has to be, like, he always finds a way to rein it back in, even, like, once they get on a tangent for a bit, he always, like, okay, but, like, he finds a way to bring it back to the question at hand, or he starts another question, yeah. so, you know, you gotta find a way to steer the the conversation in a way that makes sense for the listener, too, like, it can't just be two guys bantering, or two, you know, people bantering, because maybe that's not the best way for people to listen to it, um, you know. Is there something to be said 
for the fact that a lot of these ones that we're talking about are done by comedians. I was just thinking that it might be because, I mean, a lot of these guys started in stand stand up and they yeah. also stand up or like improv yeah, yeah good yeah. at improv exactly like like Dax Shepard and Justin like they they did a lot of I think um Dax was at like UCB or something the groundlings, know, the groundlings yeah. yeah so yeah well, I've listened to enough armchair experts you know <laughs> yeah. um yeah you're right you're totally right actually I for some why did that never click to me I'm looking through all of these people I'm like they're all yeah, I mean, comedians. we've got the ones that we we wrote down here that we could think of it's Dax Shepard Justin Long <laughs> Rob Lowe Sarah Silverman Joseph Gordon-Levitt Conan, Conan O'Brien and <laughs> Josh Peck comedy um, yeah uh that which is not to say that like they don't have others you know what I mean I, I yeah. we were talking before this um legendary cinematographer Roger Deakins has one that is like super super fascinating to listen to like he gets into some really intense like interviews with different filmmakers but also like will then just be like oh yeah when I was shooting Skyfall like blah, 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 you and know you're like oh um, okay <laughs> but it's interesting as I think about it because like I've never like Roger Deakins podcast I really like it I listen to one and that's all I'm gonna do for the day yeah you know what I mean I'm like it's not like a bingeable podcast which is a weird concept yes um, whereas like smartless or armchair or um, any of the other ones out there Conan O'Brien needs a friend like those are bingeable absolutely I don't know it's it's interesting I think we're headed towards a tipping point on podcasts for sure. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, people make such a fuss out about it, but it, it like it's radio. It's just like, it, it is. It's NPR's moment in the sun. Yeah. But I without a lot of NPR podcasts too. Oh yeah. Okay. It's cause I'm well, I was into like the tiny desk stuff and, and uh, some of the other stuff. Um, but, but the one thing that it, it, there's no censorship, like there's no off limits. There's no, like, yes, yeah. it's, we're in kind of like the wild west of stuff, and I'm sure at some point, like things will go back to you know Spotify is like okay. We well, need it's true. Yeah, when you when you get into like the NPR ones or like Vox ones or things like that, like they do tend to structure them a little bit more because like there's brand awareness behind it. Yeah, you know, but yeah, like it's there's nobody, there's no uh, MPAA behind it or no like you know standards behind it. So right. It's a very. Well, I can say fuck shit, you know, all over our podcast. <laughs> exactly. It's in a very similar spot that like some streaming stuff is now, where it's like, okay, streamers have no real regulation, so you or censorship, so yeah. you can kind of put whatever you want on Netflix, and it's the same. It's it's an exciting time for for content because we've gotten over that hump of like everything is ran through this filter, and yeah. and now we've got these individual entities that kind of do their own thing and obviously at some point that'll that'll go away but i'm very i'm into everything that's going on right now because we get more and we get like unhinged we're just like okay just conan let him do his podcast and let him kind of say whatever the fuck he wants with his guest and it's just yeah it's it's authentic and I'm, i appreciate that stuff i yeah. really do it's your turn for a transition speaking of whether or not something is authentic or not. Let's talk Ooh. about... Yeah, let's talk about photography and uh, the debate 
in the photography community when it comes to editing a photo and when that becomes a, a completely different like art form or medium. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I hate this argument so much because I'm like photography is man. Yeah, it's, it's like photography is photography. So he, here's where we're standing. There's some photographers out there that will basically say, if you don't shoot everything in JPEG and don't do any color, don't do any editing, that's the only pure form of photography. And there's people who will go even further that say, if you don't shoot on like film, that's like nothing you're doing is pure photography. Yeah. And then we get Can to I the, caveat? Yeah. Can we just pause and be like, what's up all of our photography friends? Yes. They're all probably going to be really, really mad at us uh, in the next 10, 15 minutes. I don't care. Um, we do but video. <laughs> come have the conversation with us and we'll, yes. we'll talk about it. Please but. do, because it's a debate that I, I, you know, we're not special. We're not um, experts on this type of thing that we're not experts on anything, but we're not experts on photography, especially like we both take photos as hobbyists, but we're not we're like armchair experts. Exactly. <laughs> Boom. Throwback. Yeah. Yes. A callback. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. So, I, I mean... I don't even know where to begin with this because basically we read an article where someone was talking about like, you know, if you start to do bracketing or if you're doing compositing or any major color work on a photo- on a photograph, you're alter that's not a photo, that's a digital piece of art now. Which I would argue, yeah. you know, if it's, if you're taking a digital photograph, it's a digital piece of art anyway. But they're they're basically saying this is a completely separate thing than a photograph. Yeah. Like, I, I guess, so I guess it starts with, like, a definition of, like, what is a photograph? Sure. Like, is a photograph, like, something that is, you know, like a, oh, I'm already digging myself in holes here, but something that's, <laughs> like, a two-dimensional, like, representation of something. You know what I mean? Like, and, like, that's something, like, how pure does that have to be? Like, if I go... And take a picture of my driveway. And then I go and I fix all the cracks and potholes in my driveway. Is that still a photo of my driveway? I don't know what this is the weirdest example I could have possibly come up with. That's but like, a perfect example, though, because someone would say no, even though that's yeah. like you could have been doing work for a client. And they said, like, here, take out the cracks in the driveway or something like yeah. that. You yeah. know? Well, OK, so like let's take it now that we're bringing a house Situation. Now that we're bringing a house situation into it, let's take it a step further. Of like, if I had like, you know, a cracked window on my front door, and I was gonna sell my house, and like, I was like, I'm gonna erase that little crack, you know, so it it's more appealing to a potential buyer. Like, is that still like an accurate representation? Is that ethical? Like, is that mm. you know? Which, like, I feel like I want to talk about the ethics of it, but, like, we should hit pause because that's going to lead us, like, down, like, a whole, like, rabbit hole. Sure. I want to come back to in a minute, but, like. We'll circle back. Yeah. So, like, that's the big argument, right? Like, so, there's, like, the purists versus the, like, futurists, technologists, I guess. Sure. um, That are, like, freezing a moment in time is a photograph. Yes. Or a photograph is whatever you have in that square or circle or sure rectangle whatever right and when i think about it it's like at what point does it matter like at what point does it matter 
Like, uh, if we're talking, like, okay, if you create an entirely digital image from scratch, like you've composited something from Blender or whatever, and, mm -hmm. you, you know, you made something that's not, you never took a frame. Mm -hmm. And then you print that out, put it on your wall. Is that not a photo? Like, is that not a picture? Like, it's just, is that... I would if you print that out, put it on your wall. Is that not a photograph? Like I don't know. Well, or not a photograph okay. because a, a photo. Yeah, is that See, not this a, is where we're getting into it? Because it's like that to me would be like a digital rendering or something. That's the same equivalent if I took to me at least if I took a piece of canvas and put a bunch of paint all over it. That was like you've seen those people who can do hyper realistic drawings and things yeah. like that. If I did that, which I totally can't, mm -hmm. uh, is that like a photograph? That I don't think so. Yeah, sure. So, like, okay, so it's not something that looks like a photograph necessarily, I mm -hmm. think, is our first standard here, right? Yeah. So, like, if it looks like a photograph, that doesn't necessarily make it a photograph. Right. Is that fair to say? Is Absolutely. Is that kind of what you were getting towards? 100%, yeah, because I'm like, you could print out a photo or a picture of a digital rendering, and that's not a photo. That's just, yeah. like, a digital rendering, yeah. A well, picture. then, we, if, if we want to tie it back to filmmaking real quick here, uh, if I took a, a still this is gonna be so nerdy <laughs> if i took a still of like um i don't know what, but like a scene from avengers age of ultron where iron man's fighting the hulk mm. and i was like yeah i'm taking this frame and i'm printing it up and hanging it on my wall there's nothing real in that photo true you know what i mean but like that's like a so is that a photograph or is like is that scene like live action video? I don't know. It's like a weird. No, absolutely. I mean, it's weird because in the in the age of digital media where pretty much everyone is taking photos on a digital sensor like versus, you know, shooting on celluloid or something. Yeah. Everything is a digital recreation. Like there's no yeah. such thing any well, not no such thing, but uh, the vast majority of people aren't shooting film. And I will say, hey, people out there that shoot film, develop it in their basements, print it on their enlarger, and then hang it on a wall, we're not talking about you. No. No. Because even if <laughs> – most people, even if they're shooting film these days, are getting a digital scan. Yes. So it's like it's – you know, or getting a digital scan and get, then getting that printed. Like there's always a level of like digital involved for it. So I just – I wanted to – qualifier. 100%. And those are not the people that – definitely not the people we're talking about because that's that's a – Because there's no arguing at those people. That's But that's also a pure <laughs> photograph. Like there's no yeah. pure form of photograph that I would never argue with someone about something like that. Um, but like why does there need to be – basically my whole thing is why does there need to be this disassociation between the two? You know when something's a digital recreation or something's been all you just know it when you look at it. Like if you maybe maybe not everybody, but like if I see a photo of a perfectly exposed like uh like sunset with also a perfectly exposed cityscape underneath it. Yes. In my mind I'm like that's impossible to do in one photograph. It's just not possible to do because of the yeah. light sources and the way it works. So it's obviously bracketing or they've composited somewhere. Yeah, it's like an HDR or something like there's like a, a whole level of manipulation on that. So like that's that and that's where we start getting into like so where is the line of like 
is this real or not? And like, I think it's going to be different for every person. Totally. You know what I mean? Um, because like, yeah, matter. like you or I have the eyes to be like, well, that's not possible. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but many people wouldn't have that eye. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's and and this is sort of we can get back into the 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 ethical questions of it is like, you know, if you're compositing, uh, you know, four different sunsets on top of each, you know, sunset, clouds, shore, cityscape, et cetera. I think you and I have two different example photos in our heads, but <laughs> yes. uh, um, you know, if you have that. Like that's one thing, but like, what happens when you know you're a um, a photojournalist that's compositing something into like a uh, or like bracketing to get a better exposure into something and not necessarily correctly representing what you're seeing? You know mm. what I mean? Um, like, I think of you know like riots or things like that. If you're like you know, in something that's like historically, and there are like photojournalists do have like ethic rules built around this of like, you know, you can't, you have to, if you do do some kind of edit to a photo, you have to also submit the originals. So for verification, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. hundred percent. But like, you know, where is that line for different kinds of photography becomes the question. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, if you're, one of those guys that loves to super turn up the saturation on all of their things. Cool. Um, if you're one of those people that likes to turn up their exposure so that you can see things in shadows and then do touch up. So it's like cleaner and things like that. I guess I get that. If you're one of those person people that likes to Photoshop entire people into a scene to like, give it like a subject matter or something like that, that becomes like there's, endless layers of of where this lands and it's it's tough to it's tough to pinpoint down it is and i think part of it's like intention is a huge thing so it's like Mm -hmm. if if you are intending to trick people and be like like if you're an advertising agency or actually here's a good example models and celebrities Mm -hmm. photoshopping their photos there you go that's a great example to make it look like they're you know they're looking a different way than they actually are the intention on that is so that people really think that they look like that yeah which in my eyes obviously is disingenuous and it shouldn't be a thing or it shouldn't not be a thing but it's just people should know what you're doing yeah but then when it comes to something like someone who just does really amazing uh like they capture the nebulas really well and they composite those in other photos but they're very clear about like or this colorize is not them. Yeah. or colorize them yeah 100% but mm-hmm. they're very clear about saying you know, this is the way I do it. I'm obviously you can't capture the freaking Milky Way over New York City. That's just not possible. Yeah. So here, you know, this is the way it is, and people understand that. I don't. I, I had a point, but now I'm like, I don't know if that point still stands. <laughs> I think the intention definitely matters, but it's also at a certain point. Why are we caring as much? Like, should we be caring as much? What counts as a photograph versus like this is just it's all art in the end. This is so- art. Where I kind of think we're landing is like a photograph is not like a static thing or what constitutes a photograph is not a static thing. You can't claim that all photos are made equal because Mm. that's just simply not true. There's situational situations around (laughs) 
like every different thing. Like, you know, like, yeah, like what you're saying, like a, a model photo is a very different situation than an astro photo. You know what I mean? And like a model photo, I think, has more responsibility than an astro photo. Like I'm not if I find out like, you know, oh, this photo of the moon had 15 frames composited on it because it kept right. freaking moving across the sky. I'm going to be yeah. like. Okay, like, okay. I don't care about that, but, like, if I'm, like, oh, yeah, like, this model, like, you know, they completely reshaped her arms so that it brought an unrealistic beauty standard, like, that's not okay. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's a whole different ethical dilemma. So it's, like, I think where we're landing on this is, uh, and feel free to disagree, but, like, uh, a photo is is not static and, like, you can't say this should just be like here's a set of rules for all photographs is that fair to say 100% which people love to try and do they're like here we go this is what a photo is and obviously you can say like if you look up the definition of a photograph it's probably like something taken with a film camera on you know cellular like that's probably the official yeah. definition but again, things change, times change, and it's not the same. Like very few people professionally are shooting on film now because it's too expensive. So it's like you got to update those, you know, terms and ideals to to a to a modern like a twenty twenty one time or a mindset. Yeah. And a hundred percent, I think it's it's an ever changing type of thing. Let's say this: photograph is a piece of media that was captured through a camera. That that should be kind of the one piece that should be yeah. whatever you do afterwards. It's still a fucking photograph. I'm sorry, you took it with Although, a camera. <laughs> I do have a I do have a book up in my library called uh, Cameraless Photography, which is a okay. lot of stuff to do with like um, like X-ray exposure and like uh, putting like. Uh, photosensitive film with like things in front of it so it's like a, i'll send you some pictures it's hilarious <laughs> okay but, okay um but i guess yeah now i'm just nitpicking but continue sorry i'm being a dick <laughs> <laughs> no that's i mean that's no and and that's like it's in that's in the same exact realm although like when we talk photo like photo like whatever the um yeah. but yeah so so the way i think of it is taken with a camera at one point yeah. whether and like obviously if you completely alter the image afterwards with digital stuff to the point where it's pretty much not an original piece like you've done you've taken the bake like you've taken a like the character from the photo and put it on a different thing yeah i may argue that that's more of a digital rendering than anything else but well I think, and i think it could know, be argued that that's like a different art form as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a subgenre of photography where like, yeah, it's still a photo, but it's a digitally, it's a heavily digitally altered photo. Right. You know what I mean? And I think like, there's nothing wrong with that. No. And there's like some, like so many of the amazing things that I see in photography these days would be impossible on just film. I'm sorry, film nerds out there. It's true. Like it there's is. a ton of stuff that just like wouldn't be possible with regular photography and we both have shot and shoot film so it's not like we don't know what yeah. we're talking about like yes <laughs> yes so yeah like it's there's a lot a lot to be said for it i think i i take issue with the purists that are like that's not real photography because who who's to say right 
like imagine if filmmakers were like, it's not filmmaking if you don't shoot it on film. It's like, do yeah, you, you know say how that, like filmmakers don't say that all the time? They do, but <laughs> if someone was to say like, okay, um, anything shot on RE digital or Red digital, that's doesn't like that doesn't count. That would be like you wouldn't get the Avengers, like you would, or, yeah. or or I guess editing afterwards. Like if you overlay stuff afterwards, then it's not like a you know it's not. Well, the thing the thing that comes to mind for me is like if you're having that argument, then you're not getting like. The movie Gravity, which like, yes, is working on multiple levels for me. But like the way I was coming at it was like, yeah, like Gravity had shots that were fifteen minutes long. Yeah, you know what I mean. And like, I'm sorry if you're shooting on film, the film rolls out before you reach that length. That's yes. a purely thing that you can only do on digital. And don't mm-hmm. quote rope to me. That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> like you know, it's like it's yeah, it's a whole different thing. But it's like all it's doing is elevating what's possible right and i think that's what we're coming down to it's like it's elevating what's possible and like adapt or die exactly i was just gonna say that it's just like get with the program or get out of the way because things are moving and changing and that's just it's just what happens yeah and you will get left in the dust if you know yeah if you don't I don't know. I hope all of our photography friends don't hate us completely. I don't care. I want to debate. I don't either. Yeah, I feel like that's... I I stand behind our points. I I think that's pretty legit. 100% stand behind our points. If you want to argue otherwise, then please do. I would love to hear it, but I just that's just what I feel about this. I feel like we end a lot of our segments like, I don't know, man. I don't know. But like, no, this, I'm like, yeah, that I... Yeah. I think we kind of... You can't discredit something because it wasn't shot on film. It's just... You know, Which people... is not the thesis of everything we just talked about, but like, no, thumbs up, no, but it's not. Don't be snobby. Let people yeah. do their thing. Who cares? Basically. <laughs> um. Yeah. S- <laughs> Sorry, I was like trying to think of transitions, and literally the first thing that came to my head was like, so speaking of who cares, basically. And I was like, <laughs> No, nah, that one doesn't work. It doesn't really, but like because a lot of people so... care, and I'm one of them. <laughs> Me too. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, like, speaking of adapting to the times, like, not like oh, okay. adding more. Uh, I don't know. I was just trying to go with the like. Not every single superhero movie is just about white people now <laughs> type thing. I don't True. know. <laughs> Legit. Yeah. yeah I don't yeah. know. Shang Chi or Shang Chi. Shang-Chi. Trailer number two, which, my God, if you haven't seen this trailer, please watch it, because it is a huge step up from the first one, which already Whole had our different excitements ball game up. from the first one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we 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 got a lot more in-depth looks on his character specifically, as well mm-hmm. as a lot of the backstory, the side characters, the overall mm-hmm. environment that they're, they're living in, which is go- so beautiful. Everything about it, man. I'm like, the cinematography... The yeah. effects, oh my god, I'm so, and it's Marvel. It somehow so <laughs> feels like a Marvel movie, but it's still, like, also pretty beautiful. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, I don't know how Marvel has dictated such, like, a specific look to all of their films. And tone, too. And tone, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, still, like, gives a certain, like, level of beauty to all of this stuff. It's It's very exciting. It is. Um. I'm super jacked for this movie. Yes. 
Is that fair to say? Yes. I think everyone should be, just because this yeah. is a very different type of thing. And, uh, yeah, I, I just, it's... So, if you don't know, I'm an Asian person, so <laughs> I'm very, I get very excited when I see stuff like this, because this is the first time that I've seen, like, a real Asian superhero. Is that right? Am I, am I saying that right? I think, wait, is that true? I, I want to Mainstream, mainstream, not like, oh, yeah. he was in, like, a show. I think that's true And, like, legitimate, say. like, like, this is, like, a superhero thing. I'm not, like... Yeah. Yeah. Like leading role has yeah. his own movie type thing. Yeah. Um so already yeah. I was on board. It was just like it's got an Asian director, a full Asian cast. I'm sure like he surrounded himself with like a, a ton of people uh uh who share a lot of the same culture and ideals. So they getting this mm -hmm. stuff right. And I think that happened on Black Panther too, where mm -hmm. you see this culture come out where you don't get that in Captain America and Iron Man. Like you see mm -hmm. culture built into these movies that I'm like, I'm so, and that's why like Chloe Zhao doing the Eternals. I'm so, yeah. I can't wait to see what she does with that. Cause they're bringing this very, uh, like it's just a different mindset to these things. Like, I think yeah. it was very much like the same, not the same thing over and over again, but they had their deal and they weren't straying away from it because you know, I get it. It, it makes sense, but we're getting a lot of these different perspectives now that I'm so into and I'm glad that uh, people are into it too. Like people love Black Panther, people love Chloe Zhao. I'm so people are hyped for this. I'm so excited for it. Um, yeah, but yeah, man, I, I yeah, it's just it's it's cool to see. Um, but more specifically about this trailer, I mean, I don't know what what like what what do you what? Uh, there's so much to talk about. I don't even know where to start. There's so much to talk about it, and like <laughs> we can we can go down the rabbit hole of like. Oh man, like here's the uh, all of the different like tie-ins to the MCU. Like, what's gonna happen in this movie? Like, oh my god, oh da 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 da. da. Yeah, um, but like you know that will be could be a whole nother podcast. And hey, oh, there yeah. are dozens upon dozens of podcasts that I'm sure are going directly into that. Of course, um, things I'm excited for. Um, one, the thing I noticed, uh, I feel like the dad character there, yeah, is different ages throughout the whole trailer. Yeah. And, like, part of me is, like, I don't know if that's going to be, like, chronological. Mm. Like, I feel like we might actually, you know what I mean, like, jump around a little bit in here. Like, I feel like there's a lot of magic floating around in this, which yes. would be on par with, like, what we're talking about in the MCU right now with, like, Doctor Strange and WandaVision and Loki and all that kind of stuff. Um, totally. Uh, dragons. Dragons. Hell yes. Fuck yeah. Underwater um, dragons. <laughs> underwater dragons. Uh, doesn't appear to be Fing Fang Foom. Yep. Um, but if we get a dragon in there, I like, I don't know. I don't know why, but that's been one character that I've been like, oh man, is there some way that like one day they can fit him in there? You know, and I like, and back in the days of like, you know, the Avengers or things like that, it was like, the, how far yeah, no, we would how? have to go. <laughs> but now. Um, and yet, yeah. Um, and then, of course, the thing we have to talk about is abomination. Mm -hmm. About like confirmed abomination. It's like in the subtitles of the uh, trailer. Yes, hundred percent confirmed. Like abomination like roar. Yeah, um, abomination for those casual MC MCU viewers uh, was the main villain in 
the Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. uh, the Edward Norton uh, entry into the MCU, <clears throat> which is technically part of the MCU. Like Mark Ruffalo's character references it in the Avengers, like, and he's kind of just been out there for like in the universe like 12 years very long time like that was yeah, one of that was like, uh was that pre iron man or it was just that was iron just man? after iron man yeah yeah it was like iron man was the first one and then incredible hulk was the second movie oh my god 2008 oh my god yeah. so long ago um so like that's pretty cool um that's really cool like yeah Marvel has a lot of villains that are just kind of like floating out there. Like, like where'd these dudes go? We got a little bit of redemption of that when Red Skull showed up in uh, Infinity War. Spoilers. I know. On the, yeah. Um, if you had, come on. Yeah. If you haven't seen fucking Infinity War, then I don't yeah. feel bad for you. You weren't going to uh, watch you it. You probably anyway. scoffed and turned this off as soon as we started talking about the MCU. Yeah, um, you're not watching. You're not listening to this yeah. podcast anyway. But like, I mean, you, you like, you just run through it. Like, the main villain from Iron Man is still out there somewhere. The main villain from Incredible Hulk. The main villain from, Th- well, the main villain from Thor has kind of become a major player. You know, yep. Loki and all that yep. kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, Red Skull showed back up. You know, it's like all these like things that they're kind of like, yay, they're defeated. We're moving on. Are still in play out there and I'm super excited to see Abomination back in in play I am too and this is something that like yeah I I hadn't noticed the very first time I watched it but we both thought that Shang-Chi was fighting uh, Abomination in that ending sequence but it's not it's It's Wong it's Wong (laughs) it's Wong from Doctor Strange the librarian yeah Uh, so that adds an entirely different thing into the picture of of what's happening here when does this take place like there's a very it's just very like there's more questions than answers here yeah but that's a good thing like i i kind of hope they don't they're gonna do another trailer i hope they don't because this is i'll I'll, I'll bet we we get one more which has like a little before it comes out yeah one more big thing that they show probably the same pretty much trailer just with one more big set piece um but i mean yeah we'll see like (sighs) Are you more jacked for this or Eternals? I'm more, um, I don't know. I think it's kind of even, although for different reasons. I, I haven't seen yeah. much about the Eternals yet. Although, so so here's, Chloe Zhao as a director is fantastic. Everyone who's on board for the Eternals is fantastic. I know yeah. nothing about the Eternals as a, like as Actually, I know a little tiny bit because I did a bunch of research on Marvel the other day. Sure. But I don't know much about them in general. I know that it's going to be a very interesting kind of like world-building movie about how mm-hmm. everything kind of came to be. I'm more excited for Shang-Chi, I think I'd have to say, just because this seems like a in a, like a, a direct continuation of something, which yeah. is like I, I'm all about that with Marvel. It's like, okay, what's coming next in this grand scheme story? It seems like we're getting into like phase four legitimate with that one. Yeah. Whereas like, which like I feel like Eternals will end up like that, but right now it seems like so like way before anything. Right. <laughs> way back in time. There was this. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, Loki's like dealing when Captain with that Marvel too. was in like uh, the nineties, and I was like, okay, so cool to see him interacting with Coulson and and. Nick Fury, but you like, know. let's let's you know let's, let's get it into the modern world. Yeah, yeah. 
let's get in it. Because right at that point, like we were in the Avengers Infinity War Endgame type of thing. We're like, okay, yeah. we're ramping up now. Let's see what, what has to happen here. Yeah. Um, whereas so. this is kind of like the beginning of Phase Four, so yeah. I don't know. What um, about you? What are you, are you more excited for? Uh, uh, Shang Chi or Shang Chi or I'm more excited for Shang Chi right now. Um, I think it's gonna have a cooler mythos to it. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything. I about like it. that the Ten Rings is like a physical object. Oh, so cool. Um. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if these turn into like some kind of MacGuffin like the Infinity Stones were. Yeah. Um, but I don't think – I don't know. I feel like – and this is just I guess the nature of the MCU, but I feel like a lot of this is going to depend on uh, the last four five episodes of Loki. Yes, very much um, so. Because Loki is definitely world building right now. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's like, it's a really cool story, but I'm like, the payoff from that is, is definitely going to be, um, something that ties in heavily to the, the rest of the, what's coming. Has to be. And if you have not seen Loki, just do it. It's my God. I I don't know what to say about it. It's, um, it's crazy. Um, (laughs) so yeah, um, super excited for, for Shang-Chi, super excited for Eternals. Not as excited for Black Widow. I keep forgetting about that. Movie. I really want to be. It's like next week, dude. Yeah, but it's been next week since 2019. I so. know, I know, and I'm. Just <laughs> I like, don't care anymore. I really, really want to be excited, but it like we're looking at all these things that are brand new characters, and then we're throwing back to like the OG Avengers team. You know, yeah, and, which is and cool, but it is, but. Yeah. And no disrespect to Scarlett Johansson or Natasha Romanoff, but Black Widow's character, we've heard about her backstory like I through a couple different movies at this point. And Yeah. I, I just I don't know. It she was never for me personally that she was never one of those characters that was overly gripping to me. I don't know. Even like even the Hawkeye had a little bit more of a mysterious kind of aura around him. Yeah. Whereas I just, I can't bring myself to care as much about Black Widow because I don't like her character that much in the MCU. I think it's it's kind of, she's not u- utilized enough, I don't think. So it's kind of like a... And like, hey, spoilers, she's dead. Well, yes, that that as well. So it's like... You, that's, that's the kind of thing I keep coming back to is like, and like, don't yell Loki at me because like, this is a different Loki and everything. But like, yeah, d- yeah we know thing. where this story is gonna end like i don't that's that's what i got and it's weird it's kind of like an afterthought it seems like an afterthought where it's like okay that she this wasn't a strong enough character to to do in the phase one where it it belonged realistically because she was introduced in what iron man one i think or something two iron man two Two, iron man two yeah that's right she comes in and she yeah i remember that yeah Um, she actually interesting and like to her credit she she gave an interview I want to say last week where she was saying like, yeah, like if you look back at it, like the way Black Widow was treated in like Iron Man 2 is like kind of not cool. Not Super okay. not cool. like very like, you know. She's know. used as a like a, yeah, she's used yeah, in she's the way a that. sex object. Like, like, yeah. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And which is um, what, you know, like her, 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 if she, if they did a Black Widow movie back then. 
it wouldn't have done well because people didn't care. But now it's almost too late. Because... I think it would have done. It depend like the timing is off on this movie. Like if it had come out like just before. I honestly, I feel like if it had come out just when it was about supposed to, it, yeah. it would have been way more impactful. Uh, totally. But now it's like a well, we've just got to get out there. Um, but we're getting way off the the Shang Chi <laughs> trailer. So we are. Um, we're excited. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, who can't like fangirl about Marvel MCU properties for a little while? Honestly, it's just um, it's too much fun. It re- really, it really is the interconnectedness <laughs> of it all. It just like changes the whole uh, situation. But it really. Let's does. bring it back. Let's let's wrap it up here. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, that was that was a pretty good. Those some deep conversations we got going in there. I know. Uh, on kind yeah. of a slow news week too, so that's yeah. Good. That's what this podcast is all about. I uh, know, uh, Josh. You got a recommendation for this week? I do. I do have a recommendation for this week, uh, and I want to preface this by saying the reason I'm choosing this movie is because I watched The Conjuring Three this weekend, and uh, I didn't is like it. The it. Conjuring Two? What? No, it's not The Conjuring Two. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't even see The Conjuring. Uh, the Devil Made Me Do It in theaters because I had heard. If he reviews, I'm like, I'm not going to use one of my movies to go see this. Sure. Needless to say, didn't like it. That That's all I have to say about that. My recommendation is the the intro for James Wan into this type of thing. It's his first movie like this, and it's Insidious. It's 2010. Mm. Uh, very creepy, kind of haunted house, super low-budget movie starring Patrick Wilson and Rose Byrne, written by James Wan and Lee Whannell, who also did Saw, Dead Silence, and Lee Whannell has gone on to do like movies like Upgrade and a whole bunch of other things. Um, nice. This movie is incredible. It it was the first movie that I saw in theaters where when I left, I couldn't sleep. Like it was one of those ones mm. where I'm like, okay, the imagery in it. And it's, it's PG 13. It's not like gory or anything crazy like that. It's just the imagery that he can create with sound and just like the stuff he puts on screen is just so unsettling that it truly gave me, it didn't give me nightmares, but I couldn't sleep that night. It was so, uh, unnerving. Uh, but yeah, the movie's a, it's a, it's kind of a haunted house movie where a family moves into a house and starts experiencing creepy shit, uh, sure. to consult people, you know, demonologists and whatever to figure out what's going on. And little do they know, they find out that it's not the house, it's their kid. And now they got to deal with all this stuff. And it's just, Classic. it is a fantastic movie. Um, and I definitely would highly recommend it. If you're into horror, if you're into haunting movies, it's one of James Wan's first, and it's it's truly incredible. The score also is just like, it sounds like someone's banging on guitars and like just banging on pianos, but it's so methodically done, and it's just Joseph Bashara is a, Bashara is a genius for that score, and uh, he also plays the demon, fun fact. But, but nice. yeah, so definitely check out Insidious if you haven't. Sorry. It's okay. It's you chose the moment to say there is a haunted house. Uh, <laughs> at the exact moment, my dog came downstairs and like started <laughs> wandering around. Fantastic. Um, so that's fun. That's scary. So yeah, listeners, you you may hear my dog wandering around, uh, growling at things because he he's weird. Um, it's okay. But- Pops is so cute. So. He is. He's a good dog. He's not a good dog. He's a pain in the ass. <laughs> but um, so recommendation, Willis. My recommendation um, is not a horror film, but is a sci-fi film called Moon, uh, which was directed by Duncan Jones, 
um, who you might more know for uh, the catastrophic Warcraft movie. Oh. Um, but uh, he also did a movie called Source Code with uh, Gyllenhaal. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. But yeah. Moon is, I think, his first feature. Um, and it stars Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Uh, and only Sam Rockwell uh, as a man who is the only resident on a moon base uh, and is slowly going crazy. And it's just like, it's incredible what he can do, what what Duncan Jones can do with just like one actor on a set. It's it's so good. It came out. Uh, it came out in what two thousand nine. Um, so it's a little bit older at this point, but it kind of like launched his career, and it's it's well worth, uh, well worth the 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 watch. Um, and the soundtrack is amazing. Um, so that's what I got for this week. Oh hell yeah! I love all of the rest of Junk- Duncan Jones- Jones's stuff besides Warcraft. Yeah, so. <laughs> Yeah, he's a super talented. Warcraft, I feel like, was not his fault. I don't think so. Studio interference, maybe. We'll chalk yeah, it up to yeah, that. Yeah, that's yeah. That's where we'll go. <laughs> um, cool, man. All right. Hell yeah. All right. So uh, if that's all we got, we'll we'll bring it home. Um, do us a favor, dear listener. Uh, if you are listening to this, uh, do all the standard podcast stuff. Hit us uh, with a like. Hit us with a subscribe. Uh, leave us a review on Apple, five stars, all that fun stuff. Yes. Uh, you can find the podcast on social media, uh, on Instagram at Pixel Splitters, and on Twitter at Pixel Split Pod, which I definitely know that handle now. Yep. Um, tweet at us for anything and everything. We love getting tweets, or we theoretically love getting tweets. <laughs> Um, hey man, be cool. Come on now. I could I could definitely see being super excited about getting a tweet. Just, you know, uh, putting that out there. Um, <laughs> no pressure. Josh, if people don't want to tweet at Pixel Split Pod, um, and they want to tweet at you, uh, where can people find you online? If you want to tweet at me, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Josh J. Fuller. No, what am I saying? Josh Fuller 33 with no E. Uh, if you want to just you know, DM me or whatever on Instagram. You can find me uh, at Josh J. Fuller on Instagram as well. Uh, Willis, where can people tweet at you? Uh, you can tweet at me at Willis Film, uh, or you can gram at me at Willis. It's it's both at Willis Film. Uh, yeah. And that I don't think will bring us home. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, fly safe with your drones. Yes. Um, don't get arrested. Nope. Watch the Shang Chi. Watch the Shang Chi trailer, please. Yes. Yes. Uh, and um, don't be a dick about photographs. No. Yeah. Please we'll don't leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Good talking to you, Josh. I will talk to you next week. Uh, happy Fourth of July. Yeah. You too, man. Thanks yeah. for listening, guys. 